Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. I uh, happy to see you. Welcome to our ten o'clock class. We just praise God for you, and we are ready to jump in this morning. Uh, this morning, one of the things that we're going to look at is just how our foundation in God uh, is meant to be. And I want to look. Let's let's go to uh, Romans uh, chapter fifteen. In verse 12, and I'm, I didn't give this scripture, but if we can pull that up in the message translation, and we'll just, today we'll look at this as uh, the planting of the Lord. So Romans 15, verse 12, in the message. And it says this, And Isaiah's word, There's a root of our ancestor Jesse breaking through the earth and growing tree tall tall enough for everyone everywhere to see and take hope. Oh, may the God of green hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives, filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, will brim over with hope. Now, we've been talking on Sunday mornings about hope. We've been talking about uh, the hope of God and that there is hope. But how does the world see our hope? How does the world come to the place where hope is seen? And right here in these verses, one of the things that we see is that hope is seen by God growing us up to the place where we are seen by the world. And when He grows us up to that place, people look at that and they say, I take hope in that. You know, I might not be able to get to that place uh, where I need to be, but I'm seeing that somebody's doing it, and if nothing else, maybe there's a chance for me if there's a chance for them. So when we allow God to build us up, to plan us, to grow us up, and be the planning of the Lord, when we allow God to rise us up, all of a sudden inside of us, inside of us, and him growing us up, there's a hope that is manifested in us. And the world looks on like it says right here. It says in verse 12, tall enough for everyone everywhere to see and take hope. In other words, this is the manifestation of God in us. But it has to do with this, that we would allow God to grow us up that we would allow God to grow in us what He wants to grow. In other words, we would hand ourselves over to the Lord and say, Lord, plant me, water me, fertilize me, and let me grow and produce the fruit that you want for us to produce, that you want for me to produce. Well, that takes a humility. In other words, uh, we don't just step into it. In other words, how many people do you think, let's read this again, in Isaiah's word, the root of our ancestor Jesse, breaking through the earth and growing tree tall, 
tall enough for everyone everywhere to see and take hope. That he grows up uh, what he's growing tall enough for everyone to see and take hope. It says, Oh, may the God of green hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives filled with the life-given energy of the Holy Spirit will brim over with hope. So now here's a question. How many people does God want to grow into this tree that's so tall that everybody can see and they, when they look at it, hope will be uh, the production in them when they look at their lives? How many people does God want to grow into that? All of us. Every single one of us. How many people have you seen that they inspire you to put your hope in God? All right, so there's a gap. Would you agree with me? In other words, just because God wants something to happen doesn't mean that it's happening. In other words, there's got to be a partnership between us and God that allows us and allows God to grow in us. All right? So the first step of that is recognizing what God wants to do. The second step is humbling ourselves to His plan. And then when it's not just a humbling in our mind and a humbling, uh, so to speak, in our hearts. It's a humbling so that what we do is in humility to what God wants to do. In other words, we've got to allow ourselves to be planted. Amen. Let's turn now to Isaiah 61. So in Isaiah 61, and we'll uh, read 1 through 3, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Now, we know that this is a prophecy to Jesus that Jesus in Luke 4.18 fulfilled. So in other words, this right here is talking about something that is going to happen. And when Jesus got on the scene in Luke chapter 4, Jesus effectively said, This scripture is fulfilled today in, in your ears. In other words, what was prophesied about is now reality. So what we're about to read is not something we are waiting on. This is something that should be reality to us. So the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And if he was upon Jesus, we know from John 17... Uh, that if it was on Jesus, then it's supposed to be on us. We're supposed to be walking in it. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. You are anointed to bring good news to the afflicted. See, this is part of the hope that needs to be in each one of us. This is a part of the planting, the fruit of the planting of the Lord. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. If he sent Jesus, then he's sending you to bind up that broken heart, to bring healing to it, to proclaim liberty to the captives or the people that are captive to be free. You know, what we generally do is we spend half of our life figuring out that we're supposed to be walking in freedom. How are we going to bring freedom to other people if we're not walking in it ourselves? But what we've done is we've done this kind of like, like this. This is what we've done. 
Amen, brother. Be free. You be free for me. Amen. Be free for me. And we sit here and we never receive full freedom. We just sit here and say, praise God, my pastor's free. Praise God, my pastor's free. Amen. Be free for me. And when I need something, pastor, you bring it. Instead of saying, he's free. I can be free. We all can be free in Jesus' name and walking out that freedom. That's humility. So instead of us sitting back and saying, well, the pastor's free and he's supposed to be because he's the pastor, then we should be taking on the planting of the Lord that says, I can be free and I'm going to bring freedom to people. I'm going to bring it. I don't care if I'm the pastor or not. I'm a believer by God. I'm a believer and I'm going to bring freedom and I'm going to be the planting of the Lord that takes hope and shines that hope. Amen? <clears throat> to And freedom to the prisoners. Verse 2. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. This is a good year for God's favor in you. Amen? And the day of vengeance of our God. In other words, God's going to take our enemies. In the end, He takes our enemies and He handles them. This is a time when God, you know, listen, it does still stand. God said it. I'll bless them that bless you and, and curse those that curse you. He's allowed, he, he says, look, people come against you. You don't understand. That's a bad position. This is a time of grace, but it's still, they should not be crossing my family. You understand that there's a side of God that is covenant. You are a part of him, and he is a part of you. You don't cross that. He recognizes. He takes note of that. And you are a part of his family. Praise God that we are. And if you're not, you can be. To comfort a few who mourn. Is that what it says? No, no, no. To comfort all. This is a revealed, manifested promise. There is comfort available for all who mourn. All. Let me see that again. There's comfort available. If you are having mourning right now, if you're having something that you're going through, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what it is, how big it is, how little it is, there is comfort right now for you. Why? Because there was comfort in Christ. We need humility reaches out and grabs hold of that comfort. Amen? To comfort all those who mourn. To grant those who mourn in Zion giving them garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. In other words, he wants to take, and this is a manifested promise. you got to understand, this. you are not waiting on God to do this. God is waiting on you to accept it. Just like he was waiting on us to accept Christ, this was a part of Christ. He's waiting on us to say, I see that promise and I grab a hold of it for myself and I take it by faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. If you're not overcoming, then there's probably a portion in there where faith is not reaching up and grabbing hold of the promise. The, if you want the victory, you've got to apply faith. That means you've got to see what's available and then by faith reach out and grab that thing and make it yours. Or else we will sit in a pile of 
junk. I know I had everybody questioning. What's he about to say? A pile of what? A pile of junk. You will sit in that and you will stew in that and you will start smelling like it if you don't use your faith to reach up and grab the promise of God and pull yourself out. Anybody ever been there besides me? Yeah, okay. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. This means that we take off mourning, we take off discomfort, we take off weakness, and we put on the things of God in faith and say, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm comforted, I'm free. This is humility. Now here's the point. So they will be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. Why? That he may be glorified. See, God wants to plant you in his fertile soil. He wants to take you and he wants you, does he want you to be uh, one of these trees that's blown over every time the wind blows? No. He wants you to be an oak planted in just the right place. That, that's important words. Planted in just the right place. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, it says that God has placed the members in the body just as he desires. He has a place where you don't get blown over. He has a place where you stand strong, where you become a tree of hope for people to see. And the only way that you become a tree of hope is that you actually walk some of these promises out and people look at you and say, look at that, that inspires me to hope. The reason it inspires them to hope is because the promises of God are manifesting in your life. There's a place to be planted. The planting of the Lord. God plants you. This is not me planting you. This is not you planting you. That's a big statement. This is God planting you in His fertile soil right where He has chosen. Why? So that you can grow up into the promises of God. It takes our humility not just humility in our heart and humility in our thinking. It takes humility in our action, in our thinking, in our words, in our faith to reach out and grab a hold of those things. All of our life in everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we say, a humility towards God allows ourselves to be planted. Let's turn to Psalms. Chapter 92. And when we are planted, when we are planted, we will be. This is God's plan for you. Oaks of righteousness. Oaks of righteousness planted by the Lord. I was sitting out back yesterday and, um, and there's a, uh, an oak tree out there right where I was sitting at. I noticed it was an oak tree because I saw acorns on the ground. I don't always look up at it, but I looked down and saw acorns. I went, hey, that tree's producing acorns. 
That's the first time I remember it producing acorns. Now here's the interesting thing. I didn't plant that tree. I didn't plant that tree. I didn't, I didn't decide where that tree was going to be, that oak tree. But I do know this. I know that that oak tree had been there ever since we moved into that place uh, in 2005. So 11 years that oak tree's been there. It's grown. You know what? That oak tree has grown since then. You know what else? Um, I will tell you this. We don't have the best of soil, you know. <laughs> but yet, even in the midst of that, even in the midst of not having the greatest soil there at that spot, that oak tree has grown, and it is now producing fruit. And, man, I'm going to tell you, we've had some storms that have come through. You remember, you remember a few years ago. Now, part of this is just the blessing and protection of God, but there were oak trees all over this place and a bunch of pine trees that just got ripped up out of the ground. It, we came back, we were out of town, we came back three days later, it still looked like a war-torn zone uh, where they had that horizontal tornado that came through. I mean, it was rough. People were without power for like five, uh, five days. Now, our house was blessed, but I'm telling you, there had been that storm and other storms. That oak tree has stood. Small winds have blown. Big storms have blown. And, and its leaves move. Its leaves move. His branches move. But that tree's doing better than ever. I mean, it is alive. I look at that. I'm looking at that tree last night, and I'm going, man, praise God, would you look at that thing? It is just doing awesome. And I hadn't done a thing to it. You know why? Because it was planted in decent soil. It's not great soil, but even in decent soil, that thing is standing tall and now producing fruit. Imagine the kind of soil that God wants to plant you in, the perfect place of God. Imagine that, the perfect place of God. And, and when I say that, I'm not just talking about the church that you're planting in. I'm, I'm talking about planted in the love of the Father, planted in the promises of God. This is what God has for each and every one of us. He wants to plant us in His love, plant us in His mercy, plant us in His grace and in His righteousness so that all the promises can come up and produce fruit. And people will look on you and say, Man, there's hope for me. There's hope for me. Psalm 92. And then verse 12. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. Look at verse 13. Planted in the house of the Lord. Now I believe that that's you being planted in boomerang. Also, if you're called the boomerang. If it's not boomerang, if maybe somebody's watching on live stream or an archive, God has a place for you and that you know, if you're watching on that, you might not be boomerang. If you are watching on that, then make sure you get here. And you're supposed to be in boomerang, get here. We need you here. 
But here's the other thing. If you're not, if you're not called the boomerang and boomerang's not your place, there's a planting somewhere. God has placed you. And let me tell you, there's an anointing for your life in that place that you will not find any other place. I, I, had, I was talking to somebody earlier this week, and they called and asked for advice, and they're from out of state. They don't go here. And, uh, but they were calling and asking for advice, and they, and they called back, and then they said, wait, they said, before you, we talked, the Lord's really just convicted me. I need to go talk to my pastor. And I told him, I said, I was so happy that you called me and asked me for advice. But I was even more happy that you called me back and said, put that on hold till I talk to my pastor first. I said, here's why. Because as a pastor, I know this. Your pastor has an, I can have all kinds of revelation for you. But your pastor has an anointing for you that I don't have. And if I love you, the first thing I'm going to do is point you to him. Because there's an anointing where you are planted by God. But that's not, I believe that's exactly what he's talking about. We have to plant ourselves. I want you to see this. We have to plant ourselves in the house of God. Look, it says, The righteous man will flourish like a palm tree and will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. This is what he will be about, planting himself in the house. That means... That person humbly says, Lord, where's my place? And now let me plant myself. Let me get rooted in that place. Let me go to that place and let me produce fruit in that place. Let me commit to bearing fruit in that house, in that place. Let me commit to being a part of upholding it and being about the vision and everything else. This is very important stuff. But I also believe that it is planted in humility in the things of God. I believe this is, you can look at either one of these and both of these under context of scripture is correct. In other words, I can't just be going about life and saying, Lord, we'll do whatever you want to do to me. No, I have a responsibility to take on hope, to take on faith, to act in love. I have a responsibility to take action on the things of God. I'm planted in his ways, in his house. I just want us to look at this. Verse 12. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. That palm tree, just as I was reading this last night, it just really stuck out to me. Man, it just, it just caught my attention. I said, Lord, talk to me about this palm tree. And, and I, just, I was doing a little research, letting the Holy Spirit lead me and guide me. And this is one of the things. The palm tree is constantly seen as a symbol of prosperity and fruitfulness. It's, it's found in places, and, and one of the things that was funny is people from uh, colder climates look at the palm tree as a place of vacation, <laughs> a vacating place, a, a place of rest because they don't grow in colder climates. They grow in the warmer climates, and that's where you want to go and, and rest and vacate. And I thought, man, that'll preach all day long. Because, see, in the place of God is our place of rest. This is what we're supposed to be doing. No matter what we see, no matter what we face, Lord, I rest in you. I take hope in you. I, I, I just, I, Lord, I receive from you in this place. 
Not only that, but you see a palm tree, they flourish, they'll grow in these areas that they're called to grow in. They'll grow where when they're planted correctly. They'll grow when they're planted correctly. Here's the other thing. I was watching one time, I think it was a documentary, and it showed uh, a palm tree in the middle of a hurricane. And man, when, when the hurricane's not there, they're wide open, their leaves are out, they just look, you know, they just look pretty, I guess. And they're, you know, they're just, they're nice. They're, 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 they produce fruit, their leaves are wide. Uh, they said, uh, one of the things I read was that travelers found a lot of comfort in the shade of a palm tree because it laid a good shade out. Amen. We are covered under the arms of God. We flourish. There's rest. There's protection. There's substance in there. There's sustenance. There, there's, there's fruit for us in God. When, when we are planted where we need to be, in the house of the Lord and in the things of God. Now here's the other thing. When the storm comes, this is one of the great things about a palm tree. How many palm trees have you ever seen blown down after a hurricane? Anybody ever remember a picture of one? In the hurricane, it's very interesting because their leaves, even though they have these leaves that provide great shade, when the wind blows and the storm comes, their leaves fold up and go with the wind and it doesn't harm them, it doesn't hurt them, it doesn't break off their branches. They just, when they're planted correctly and in the right place, in humility to God, they just, the wind comes and the palm the trees just the leaves or excuse me the limbs just fold up and they flow with the wind and they blow I imagine that if there's any old stuff it gets pruned the stuff that doesn't need to be in their life it gets pruned out but the stuff that's full of life as soon as the wind stops blowing that palm tree just unfurls again and flourishes right where it's planted The cedars in Lebanon, they were, they were always, the reason why this is in here is because they were always the tallest, strongest, and straightest trees. If you were going to build something out of wood, you wanted, in biblical times, you wanted the cedars of Lebanon. They were, they were known, they were, they were legendary for their ability to build great things. God wants you to be able to go through a storm and come out unharmed. Come out and still be fruitful, still be productive. You, you, don't, you don't wilt at the, at the storm. You just allow the storm to pass by like it, nothing ever happened. And the day after the storm, people look at you and say, look at that thing. You know, everything around us is wrecked and destroyed. But can you see how somebody who flourishes like the palm tree because of where they're planted, they look at that the day after the storm and take hope. You see it? And not only that, but they'll look at that and say, man, if you want something done, look at these people. These people that are planted in the house of God, they are strong. If you want something built strong, look at these guys. This is the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. They're there. They will stand the test of time. They will stand the test of the storms. They will be ready to build and grow in anything. They're ready. That's how the world can look at us and take hope. 
planted in the house of the Lord. And listen to this. Where is the rule of God's authority? Where is the seat of his authority? In heaven, right? And the Lord says this, that as believers we have the right, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Why? This is where God's courts are. This is where the authority is released. Look at this. Read this again now. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. You see, when we humble ourselves to be planted and be the oaks of righteousness, and we humble ourselves in our, in our planting and in our action and our thinking and our words, not just in the place like physically in the church that God's called you, the house that God's called you to, but in the house, in the way of living of God, in, in, in this house. When we humble ourselves to live by this, the word, by the Bible, and we humble ourselves, we allow God to plant us in the place where we will flourish. And part of that is because in the heavenly places, in the courts of God, we will flourish in there. We will have great favor in the courts of God. It comes up and, and the devil's trying to come against you and accuse you. And in those courts, Jesus to the Father is saying, that's my son, that's my brother. God's saying, that's my son. Jesus saying, that's my brother. The Holy Spirit's on the earth going, yes, he is. Let me pray out the things of God. Let the courts of heaven do what they need because they are a tree of hope planted. In your house, O oh Lord. Not only that, but there's other courts that will happen after this age. There's courts of judgment. And recently with John Bevere, you know, at Sid Ross, we got to hear some of his teaching on that. And he was talking about a lot of people don't even know that there's two, two judgments in heaven. One is the great white throne judgment, and that's where, you know, the people are judged that did not accept Christ. But then there's a, a rewards judgment on the things that you did do. And I believe this is talking about that too, that when we're planted in the house of God, where we need to be and doing the things we need to be, there's some rewards coming any that will last throughout eternity for you. And it says you will flourish in these courts. It's a big deal. Wouldn't you like to get to the place where they're revi we're reviewing your life in heaven and seeing what you did good, that Christian, that believer, it's you. You're in that, you're in that seat and God gets up there and you flourish in those courts. Then part of what we need to do in order to humble ourselves is we need to allow ourselves to be planted by the Lord, planted in the house of God. That person, they'll still yield fruit in old age. You know, they won't dry up and die off and, you know, go away early. They'll bear fruit in old age. Just, just was with uh, Brother Copeland uh, a couple of days ago. Turns 80, 80 in uh, December. And preaching like a house of fire. I mean, I mean laying it out there. They will produce fruit in old age when they're planted. 
They shall be full of sap and very green. In other words, the storm still won't affect them. They'll still bend with the wind, but they come right back to fruitfulness. Amen. You may go through a wind. You may go through a storm, and you'll have to bend with that wind, bend with that persecution, but you'll snap right back to fullness of fruitfulness, even in your old age. All of this is to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. Over in Romans it was uh, to glorify. Or maybe that was the Isaiah verse. It was to glorify God. To give glory to God. And in Romans it was so that the world could look at you and say, There's hope. There's some hope. So I challenge you right now. Ask yourself this question. Have I planted myself? correctly have I allowed God to place me in a body of believers in the body where he's placed me am I in in the right church did I do that or did I make that choice and all right and if this is the right place am I truly planted and fruitful to uphold the vision and committed to it or am I just attending or am I supporting and planted and producing fruit in that place. The other question is this. Have I planted myself in the house of the Lord and in his ways? Have I humbled myself to that word? And have I given myself then to God's ways, to his promises, to his things? Am I, am I as strong as I can be or can I still grow? Ask yourself these questions. Am I producing? Am I producing? Am I producing? Am I, am I planted? Because when we get planted, see all these things I talked about, they are all based on the planting of the Lord. He's called you oaks of righteousness, but it comes back to our humility to allow God to plant us. Father, I just ask right now that this would, that you would open up the eyes of all of us, Lord, to see areas where we are planted and areas where we're not planted so that we can make sure that we humble ourselves to your plan. And Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and your mercy. This planning of you, Lord, it's, it's not to, to tell us what to do. You could have done that from the beginning. This planning of you is for us to move in the power that is humility. To allow the fullness of grace, the greater grace, to come out through humility, Lord. Let, our, let us humble ourselves. Let us humble ourselves to your planting and let us humble ourselves to remain planted so that we would grow up a tree of hope, oaks of righteousness, a flourishing palm, cedars of Lebanon, planted in the strength of the soil that you have designed just for us. And we praise you and we love you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. See you in just a few minutes. Thank you for joining us.